0: THE Pardoner's TALE This is the prologue. My lords, he said, in churches where I preach, I cultivate a haughty kind of speech, and ring it out as roundly as a bell, I've got it all by heart, the tale I tell. I have a text, it always is the same, and always has been since I learnt the game. Old as the hills and fresher than the grass, radix malorum est cupiditas. I preach, as you have heard me say before, and tell a hundred lying mockeries more. I take great pains, and stretching out my neck to east and west, I crane about and peck, just like a pigeon sitting on a barn. My hands and tongue together spin the yarn. And all my antics are a joy to see, the curse of avarice and cupidity. Is all my sermon, for it frees the pelf. Out come the pence, and specially for myself, for my exclusive purpose is to win, and not at all to castigate their sin. Once dead, what matter how their souls may fare, they can go blackberrying for all I care. And thus I preach against the very vice I make my living out of, avarice. And yet, however guilty of that sin myself, with others I have power to win them from it. I can bring them to repent, But that is not my principal intent. Covetousness is both the root and stuff of all I preach. That ought to be enough. Well then, I give examples thick and fast. From bygone times, old stories from the past. A yokel mind loves stories from of old, being the kind it can repeat and hold. What? Do you think as long as I can preach and get their silver for the things I teach, that I will live in poverty from choice? That's not the counsel of my inner voice. No, let me preach and beg from Kirk to Kirk, and never do an honest job of work. No, not make baskets like St. Paul to gain a livelihood I do not preach in vain. There's no apostle I would counterfeit, I mean to have money, wool and cheese and wheat though it were given me by the poorest lad or poorest village widow though she had a string of starving children all agape no let me drink the liquor of the grape and keep a jolly wench in every town but listen gentlemen to bring things down to a conclusion would you like a tale now as i've drunk a draft of corn ripe ale by god it stands to reason i can strike on some good story that you will all like For though I am a wholly vicious man, don't think I can't tell moral tales. I can. Here's one I often preach when out for winning. It's of three rioters, I have to tell, who long before the morning service bell were sitting in a tavern for a drink. And as they sat, they heard the handbell clink. Before a coffin going to the grave, one of them called the little tavern knave, and said, go and find out at once, look spry, whose corpse is in that coffin passing by and see you get the name correctly too. Sir, said the boy, no need, I promise you. Two hours before you came here, I was told he was a friend of yours in days of old. And suddenly, last night, the man was slain, upon his bench, face-up, dead drunk again. There came a privy thief, they call him Death, who kills us all round here, and in a breath, he speared him through the heart he never stirred, and then Death went his way without a word. He's killed a thousand in the present plague, and, sir, it doesn't do to be too vague. If you should meet him, you had the best be wary. Be on your guard with such an adversary. Be primed to meet him everywhere you go. That's what my mother said. It's all I know. The publican joined in with, by St. Mary, what the child says is right. You'd best be wary. This very year he killed in a large village a mile away. Man, woman, serf at tillage. Page in the household, children, all there were. Yes, I imagine that he lives round there. It's well to be prepared in these alarms. He might do you dishonor. Huh? God's arms, the rioter said. Is he so fierce to meet? I'll search for him by Jesus, street by street. God's blessed bones, I'll register a vow. Here, chaps, the three of us together now. Hold up your hands like me, and we'll be brothers. In this affair and each defend the others. And we will kill this traitor, Death, I say. Away with him, as he has made away With all our friends, God's dignity tonight. They made their bargain, swore with appetite. These three, to live and die for one another, as brother born might swear to his born brother. And up they started in their drunken rage, and made towards this village, which the page and publican had spoken of before. Many and grisly were the oaths they swore, tearing Christ's blessed body to a shred. If only we can catch him, death is dead. When they had gone not fully half a mile, just as they were about to cross a stile, they came upon a very poor old man who humbly greeted them and thus began. God, look to you, my lords, and give you quiet, to which the proudest of these men of riot gave back the answer, What, old fool? Give place. Why are you all wrapped up except your face? Why live so long? Isn't it time to die? The old, old fellow looked him in the eye and said, Because I have never yet found, though I have walked to India searching round, village and city on my pilgrimage, one who would change his youth to have my age. And so my age is mine and must be still, upon me for such time as God may will not even death alas will take my life so like a wretched prisoner at strife within himself i walk alone and wait about the earth which is my mother's gate knock knocking with my staff from night to noon and crying mother open to me soon look at me mother won't you let me in see how i wither flesh and blood and skin alas When will these bones be laid to rest? Mother, I would exchange, for that were best, the wardrobe in my chamber, standing there. So long for yours, I, for a shirt of hair to wrap me in. She has refused her grace, whence comes the pallor of my withered face. But it dishonored you when you began to speak so roughly, sir, to an old man, unless he had injured you in word or deed. It says in holy writ, as you may read, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor it. And therefore, be it said, do no more harm to an old man than you, being now young, would have another do. When you are old, if you should live till then, and so may God be with you, gentlemen, for I must go whither I have to go. By God, the gambler said, you shan't do so. You don't get off so easy by St. John. I heard you mention just a moment gone. A certain traitor, Death, who singles out and kills the fine young fellows hereabout. And you're his spy, by God, you wait a bit. Say where he is, or you shall pay for it. By God and by the holy sacrament, I say you've joined together by consent to kill us younger folk, you thieving swine. Well, sirs, he said, if it be your design to find out Death, turn up this crooked way towards that grove. I left him there today under a tree. And there you'll find him waiting. He isn't one to hide for all your prating. You see that oak? He won't be far to find. And God protect you that redeemed mankind. Aye, and amend you. Thus that ancient man at once, the three young riders began to run and reach the tree. And there they found a pile of golden florins on the ground. New coined, eight bushels of them as they thought. No longer was it death those fellows sought. For they were all so thrilled to see the sight, the florins were so beautiful and bright, that down they sat beside the precious pile, the wickedest spoke first, after a while. Brothers, he said, you listen to what I say, I'm pretty sharp, although I joke away. It's clear that fortune has bestowed this treasure, to let us live in jollity and pleasure." Light come, light go, we'll spend it as we ought, God's precious dignity. Who would have thought this morning was to be our lucky day? If one could only get the gold away back to my house or else to yours, perhaps for, as you know, the gold is ours, chaps. We'd all be at the top of fortune, hey, but certainly it can't be done by day. People would call us robbers, a strong gang, so our own property would make us hang. No, we must bring this treasure back by night, some prudent way, and keep it out of sight. And so as a solution, I propose, we draw for loss and see the way it goes. The one who draws the longest lucky man shall run the town as quickly as he can to fetch us bread and wine, but keep things dark, while two remain in hiding, here to mark our heap of treasure. If there's no delay, when night comes down, we'll carry it away all three of us, wherever we have planned. He gathered lots and hid them in his hand, bidding them for draw, for where the luck should fall. It fell upon the youngest of them all, and off he ran at once towards the town. As soon he had gone, the first sat down, and thus began a parley with the other. You know that you can trust me as a brother. Now let me tell you where your profit lies. You know our friend has gone to get supplies. And here's a lot of gold that is to be divided equally among us three. Nevertheless, if I could shape things thus so that we shared it out, the two of us. Wouldn't you take it as a friendly act? But how, the other said, he knows the fact that all the gold was left with me and you. What can we tell him? What are we to do? Is it a bargain, said the first, or no? For I can tell you in a word or so what's to be done to bring the thing about. Trust me, the other said, you needn't doubt my word. I won't betray you. I'll be true. Well, said his friend, you see that we are two, and two are twice as powerful as one. Now look, when he comes back, get up in fun to have a wrestle. Then as you attack, I'll up and put my dagger through his back. While you and he are struggling, as in game, then draw your dagger too and do the same. Then all this money will be ours to spend. Divided equally, of course, dear friend. Then we can gratify our lusts and fill the day with dicing at our own sweet will. Thus these two miscreants agreed to slay the third and youngest, as you heard me say. The youngest, as he ran towards the town, kept turning over, rolling up and down. Within his heart, the beauty of those bright new florins, saying, Lord, to think I might have all that treasure to myself alone. Could there be anyone beneath the throne of God so happy as then I should be? And so the fiend, our common enemy, was given power to put it in his thought, that there was always poison to be bought, and that with poison he could kill his friends. To men in such a state the devil sends thoughts of this kind, and has a full permission to lure them on to sorrow and perdition. For this young man was utterly content to kill them both, and never to repent. And on he ran, he had no thought to tarry, came to the town, found an apothecary, and said, Sell me some poison, if you will, I have a lot of rats I want to kill. And there's a polecat, too, about my yard, that takes my chickens, and it hits me hard. But I'll get even, as is only right, with vermin that destroy a man by night. The chemist answered, I've a preparation which you shall have, and by my soul's salvation, If any living creature eat or drink a mouthful, ere he has the time to think, though he took less than makes a grain of wheat, you'll see him fall down dying at your feet. Yes, die he must, and in so short a while, you'd hardly have the time to walk a mile. The poison is so strong, you understand. This cursed fellow grabbed into his hand the box of poison, and away he ran into a neighboring street and found the man who lent him three large bottles. He withdrew and deftly poured the poison into two. He kept the third one clean, as well he might, for his own drink, meaning to work all night, stacking the gold and carrying it away. And when this rioter, this devil's clay, had filled his bottles up with wine, all three back to rejoin his comrades, sauntered he. Why make a sermon of it? Why waste breath? Exactly in the way they'd planned his death. They fell on him and slew him, two to one. Then said the first of them, when this was done, Now for a drink. Sit down and let's be merry, for later on there will be the corpse to bury. And as it happened, reaching for a sup, he took a bottle full of poison up and drank, and his companion, nothing loath, drank from it also, and they perished both. There is, in Avicenna's long relation concerning poison and its operation, trust me, no ghastlier section to transcend what these two wretches suffered at their end. Thus these two murderers received their due, so did the treacherous young poisoner too. O cursed sin, O black-guardly excess, O treacherous homicide, O wickedness, O gluttony that lusted on and diced, dearly beloved God, forgive your sin and keep you from the vice of avarice. My holy pardon frees you all of this, provided that you make the right approaches, that is with sterling rings or silver brooches. Bow down your heads under this holy bull. Come on, you women, offer up your wool. I'll write your name into my ledger, so into the bliss of heaven you shall go. For I'll absolve you by my holy power, you that make offering clean as at the hour. When you were born, that serves as how I preach, and, Jesus Christ, soul's healer, I, the leech of every soul, grant pardon and relieve you of sin, for that is best. I won't deceive you. One thing I should have mentioned in my tale, dear people, I've some relics in my bale. And pardons, too, as full and fine, I hope, as any in England, given me by the Pope. If there be one among you that is willing to have my absolution for a shilling devoutly given, Come. And do not harden your hearts, but kneel in humbleness for pardon, or else receive my pardon as we go. You can renew it every town or so, always provided that you still renew each time and in good money what is due. It is an honor to you to have found a partner with his credentials sound who can absolve you as you ply the spur in any accident that may occur. For instance, we are all at Fortune's Beck, Your horse may throw you down and break your neck. What a security it is to all to have me here among you and at call with pardon for the lowly and the great when soul leaves body for the future state. And I advise our host here to begin the most enveloped of you all in sin. Come forward, host. You shall be the first to pay. And kiss my holy relics right away. Only a groat. Come on, unbuckle your purse. Thank you.